My name is Khadija LaShawn, and I am the Black guidance counselor that my community needs. I'm a strategic investor and CEO. I make money in my sleep, and I teach others how to do the same. I share my knowledge, talents, and resources with others. So if you're in need of that motivation or courage to start following your own path, look no further. My intention is to share as much value with you all as possible and to show you that there are many different paths to happiness and many different paths to wealth. You just have to find the one that's right for you. Okay, so they cut me off. They said I can't play no more regular music. So we gotta switch gears, y'all. We gotta switch gears to something different. Let's see what we got here. So this is the podcast interview that I recorded yesterday. I haven't released it yet, so I haven't released it yet. It will be released soon, but y'all need to y'all need to lock in. Y'all need to lock in. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. Um, how's your morning going so far? Good. Just got back from the grocery store. I I was thinking two o'clock central time, so I have that literally just checked my Instagram. I was like, oh wait. My bad. My that bad. Was, I didn't realize we were on a different uh, time region. That was my mistake. Yeah, but, no, it's it's cool. I was I like so I just happened. Something was like, let me check my Instagram to see. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It was it's divine timing. Right. Um, exactly. Is now okay for you, or would you rather wait a little bit? No, good. Okay, all right, cool. So, um, before we get started, I just want to tell you, give you a heads up about what to expect and stuff like that. So, I will give you a heads up that I am on Instagram Live. They can hear me, but they can't hear you. Okay. Okay. Just, just giving you a heads up. But, um, um, basically, my goal is to highlight your journey as an artist and highlight your like just how you've grown your brand how you you know how did i find you like i found you literally because you grew your brand so um sharing that knowledge with my community uh and other people who would be willing to listen because you know i feel like it's very important that we pass on the knowledge that we have and we don't just keep it to ourselves does that make sense yeah yeah so like give to receive you know (laughs) Okay, cool. So, um, do you have any questions about my podcast or me or anything? Yeah, like, just kind of give me, like, a, a rundown. I haven't, I've really been taking a break from social media, so I haven't, mm-hmm. uh, I, like, I post this stuff, but I haven't really, it's like I post and get off, and then I don't even stay on here. So, just like, yeah. I guess I completely like, understand. All that stuff. Absolutely. So, um, my name is Khadija, Khadija LaShawn, also known as your Black Guidance Counselor. Um, one question real quick. Do you have headphones on? I do now. Do you want me to take my phone? Um, what kind of headphones do you have on? The AirPods? Like, yeah, this is regular. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the other ones to work because I bought some AirPods. Well, do you have regular headphones that have like the plug-in? Yeah, I have those. I, I'm using that those right perfect. now. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Cool. Um, it's picking up a lot of feedback. Let's see. Can you try your AirPods? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, let me see if it works. And tell me how I sound too. Like, is it coming through clear, or is there a lot of extra noise? So that's when it cut off. Did you click off? No, my alarm went off. I have like a two o'clock alarm to wake up with somebody. Oh, you wake up at 2 o'clock? Yo, yo, I swear, that's, that's, I'm the same way. I just be like, yo, I'm going to wake up when I feel like it. I'm moving yeah, my spirit. I, uh, exactly, like, I put an alarm for 2 because there was, like, some stuff that I was like, okay, if I take a nap and then I get up for 2, it's fine. But, um, other movies, let's see. So I really love Lilo and Stitch. So Ooh, I love Lilo and Stitch! I love, I love well, Shrek, too. Shrek is one of my favorites. Wait, the very first one, or... The very first one, yeah. Okay, okay. See, Shrek 2 is my favorite one out of those. I understand. Something something about, like, that. 
there when they stormed through the castle. I was like, oh, that's a lot. That was. It was so a lot. It was a long movie. <laughs> it was a long movie, so but good. it's worth the journey. You know, it's a journey they're taking you on. I was just talking to my dad about this. He was just saying how like they really aren't like creating a lot more movies with like a journey, like where it really takes you somewhere. Know. You know. Exactly. Like, I just watched uh, Encanto, and I was just like, I felt like it was cool, but it was kind of not, it didn't, it wasn't like, you know, fulfilling, I felt like. It, the way it kind of got hyped up, I thought it was going to be more. What movie? The Encanto movie, or Encanto movie, that this came out on Disney Plus, with oh, the okay. Spanish family that they like, their you house, seen Soul? Like, magic and, of course. Yes, yes. that's one of my favorites, man. That was good. Um, I have to be honest with you. I do have to go to the bathroom real quick. So, can I? Can we pause for like ten minutes and come back? Yeah, it's like you're about to see the back on through the. Yeah, I will just send you the same link uh, again in like okay. ten minutes. Is that all right? All right, that works. Yeah, that works. all right, all right, cool. Tell you that when you unplug your, like, anytime you unplug your headphones or you click off the page, it will mess with the when it will stop recording. Oh, okay. Well, I know now. Okay, so this is yeah. better. I think these, yeah. are, these are my earphones. Yeah, that's perfect. That sounds that sounds amazing. Um, I was gonna ask you, do I sound okay? Like, is there a lot of feedback, yeah. or it sounds clear? Yeah, you're super clear. Okay, cool. All right. So to tell you a little bit more about me, my name is Khadija Khadija Lashawn, also known as your Black Guidance mm-hmm. Counselor. Um, I started my Instagram mostly around like natural hair. I initially wanted to sell T-shirts. But it kind of shifted because um, the T-shirts wasn't selling. You know, the intention was not (laughs) on point from the beginning. So, like, I kind of shifted to, like, sharing viral content, like, black viral content. So that's kind of, like, what I became known for is, like, sharing knowledge and messages that people need to hear. So um, as your black guidance counselor, I am a full-time entrepreneur. So I do a lot of things. I do Lyft. I do uh, Airbnb. I do Turo. Um, I sell e-courses and stuff like that. So, like, I, I have, I'm all about buying time, if that makes sense. So, even just doing this podcast, recording it online, like, I'm all about sharing what I know, um, because that's what God has called me to do. And um, so, basically, with my podcast, the Black Creator Co- Podcast, is to highlight not just entrepreneurial journeys, but like spiritual journeys too, and like to touch on those type of topics because I feel like. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen the Social Proof pod- podcast. Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's like basically just a podcast strictly about entrepreneurs and this is what they did and this is how they did it and like just sharing knowledge and stuff like that. So my mm-hmm. podcast is is low key inspired by that, but I want to really highlight the spiritual side too because I do feel like we don't really talk about those things as a community, and I want to encourage people to talk about things that you know maybe we were scared to with our parents or you know just be open and honest about re- how how life really is, you know. No, oh, definitely. Yeah. So that's overall me. Um, do you have any questions? No, that's. Uh... I'm glad I know that now. That's cool. That's really yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so we can officially start recording now. If I mean, we are recording. So, I mean, we can officially start the <laughs> show now if, if it's cool with you. Yeah, no, I guess, uh, I'm ready okay. to do it. Okay, cool. All right. So um, got to hype myself up. Hold on one second. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Black Creative Podcast brought to you by Khadija LaShawn, also known as your Black Guidance Counselor. I am here to guide you to the resources that you need. Today, I have William Tolliver. It's William Tolliver, yeah. right? Yeah, William yeah. Tolliver. He is an artist. I found him on TikTok. He has an Instagram. He's grown his brand. And I would love to hear more about his story, about his journey as an artist and an entrepreneur, I'm sure, as well. So, um, William First off, how are you doing today? How's everything going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. I'm happy that you are even welcome to to speak with me. So I appreciate that. Um, so I do want to start off just by asking you, like, who who are you, and what have you done? Let's see. It's almost like a loaded question. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Take Um, your time. Let me see. Well, I would say that 
for a long time, I felt like I was like a, a jack of all trades because I, I was good at a lot of things, and I didn't really have something that was my own, you know. Um, so art was the way to express myself that was solely mine. You know, it wasn't somebody else telling me how to do something or what to do or when to do it, you know, whether that's work, school, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I created things that inspired me by the things by people and the things that inspired me and uh, I would say that that was like finding that path was like a really big part of me finding who I was because I really spent a lot of time questioning myself and my journey because you know like you meet people all the time in life and they're like oh, I know exactly what I want to do since I was like six years old mm-hmm. and I never felt like that I was just like oh I want to do this this seems cool we'll do it for a while. Oh, this seems cool. I'm going to do this for a while. And it wasn't something that was my own. And now I found, I feel like I finally found like my, my thing, my purpose, you know, and I can tell just how I move, you know, and how I feel every day when I wake up. And, you know, even the fact that the things that I'm doing are impacting people in ways that I never would have imagined, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes complete sense. Um, if you don't mind me asking, are you full time with the artist, or are you uh, are you doing it as like a side thing? Oh, uh, so it was. So I'm full time now. Um, I it was like a side. Congratulations. thing. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. It was super scary. I'm not even gonna lie. And like you know, that whole thing when people are trying to make that decision to you know quit your nine to five, go out into this entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a thing that you take lightly absolutely not you definitely have to pay attention to to the signs that are placed in front of you and be intentional with how you move and what you do and you know another part of that was that i spent a lot of time i I did pray about a lot of things and i talked to my mom mom my advisor one of my best friends you know she's very big on pursuing your dreams and doing things that are important but at the same time you know like you know as a parent they're like okay this sounds good but do you have an idea yeah. like, just in case like <laughs> you know? sowing a little doubt on your plan yeah yeah and it wasn't even in a bad way it was being realistic because it's you know you have expenses we have bills you know like being adulting is trash <laughs> like they yeah. tell you that they really don't so they know because you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be cool. I have my own place, my own car. I can go and do things I like, want to no, do. Like, no, you go gotta out. pay for all those things, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta figure out how you gonna pay for all those things. <laughs> exactly. It's not free no more. But you're not gonna come home and mom has dinner up for the whole week for you and like, got clothes already. If I went to the store and picked these up, but like, you know, if you don't get it, then you can't do these things. Um, I just be- like I just became full time in August, so this is what. That I've been full time, and you know, I taught for five years prior to this. So, you taught? Yeah, I taught high school biology for okay. four years, and then I taught art the last year because I was I was definitely in a transition transitional period where I was trying to figure out like how am I going to make this art thing happen? And as time progressed, you know, honestly, I know the pandemic has been a really big changing for, for a lot of people but it finally gave me time to, to slow down and think you know yeah. and really Calm your flesh mind. out and have time exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I mean, you know you're, you're working all day yeah it's hard it is hard your mind is all over the place you're focused on all this stuff for other people instead of being focused exactly. on things for you so I completely understand you there. Um, I do want to backtrack a little bit because we got into who you are now, but I kind of want to go back. Okay, so so tell me a yeah. little bit about when did you realize that you liked art and like what was the spark for you to keep going with that? Um, so I, I would say, I mean, I've always liked art in a sense. Like I like to draw, you know, I was drawing Looney Tunes and stuff. I feel like most kids just doodled stuff like I did that and you know my mom would make sure that you know I had time cut out of my days like on weekends or whatever that wasn't it's like you know tv no nothing we're going to do something like crafty whether that's Aww. painting or drawing and she's like I want you to be well-rounded and not rely on just like television just you know be a stimulus yeah you know 
So it's so a very old school. And they, at the very least, go outside. You know, yeah, at the very least, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, it really, it really was something that kind of just, you know, I kind of just did for fun, and then uh, it really didn't start hitting home until I think it was about 20, 2012. I actually come back from I just, I graduated from. Decision. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Find another job. I can find a job. I can deal. Whatever. So I quit, and I'm thinking, you know, the big thing with healthcare at the time is like they want you to have experience, and I finally had experience. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I can find a job. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so I, I was unemployed. You know, being 21. Unemployed for like six months, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. So, was you still living with your parents? Yeah, I was still at home at the time because I was trying to, I was applying to medical school and trying to, you know, take the MCAT and all that stuff. So it was, it was more so just like a transition period of like setting up for that next phase because you know med school was the plan when I went after like my junior year of college. I was like, I want to go to medical school. That's what I want to do. Like I want to help people. Yeah. You know, and be active. So I was like, and I liked, you know, I like how the body works and all, you know, the functions and nuances and all that stuff. So I thought that was cool. Be good, you know, it's a good living. And plus, you know, your parents are super proud. They say, oh, my son is a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <So> like, yeah. <laughs> There's that pressure so there. Awesome. Exactly. You know, like they, I and it's saw not, it's not bad it. pressure. I know it's them, they want best, you know, like they know what they know. But I think, mm-hmm. okay, keep going. I'm not going to interrupt you too much. No, no, you're good. No, I, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that, like, I feel like parents, they they can want to lead you in a direction that they think is best for you. But, like, sometimes that's, like, a dream that they wish they did. You know what I mean? So, right. like, they might be like, oh, I wish I had pursued being a doctor. I wish I had done this. And so, like, they can sometimes push that on the kids. And I don't think, I'm not trying to assume that your mom was pushing it or your parents were pushing it on you. But um, I'm just saying that, like, that's like a traditional path, you know, like our parents, they kind of encourage us down traditional paths. So like, I think it's, exactly. it's very brave of you to pursue your own untraditional path, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and I think that was the thing that's been part of this whole journey is like, you know, my mom and like my parents have been supportive. Most so my mom, she's like, you know, she didn't get that opportunity when she was growing up because her mom was like, no, you need to do this because this will get you these things. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't want to be like that with us, but at the same time, she's like, "You need to do something that's going to make you money and like that you can live and be comfortable," you know. So he's like, "She's like, I do." She did want me to take an art class with me taking sciences, and like all my friends, you know, they're pre med. So I'm like, "It's part of it." It was peer pressure, a peer pressure thing too. Like you don't want to be like left out. Like all of my friends are doctors now, like surgeons and everything, mm-hmm. which is funny. And I'm like the black sheep of the group, where it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I followed my own path. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like so, the one who's like just the risk taker in their eyes. Like, wow, they're doing this, but like, low key, they might be a little envious. You know, they might be like, damn, I wish I could just wake up when I wanted to. Right, and that's, and that's the thing I talk to them all the time. You know, yeah, you know, they're super busy, but like one of the things they all say, like every single one of them, is like if I could go back and do this again, I would not be a doctor. But it's like you invest so much time mm-hmm. that and money, you know, it's hard to yeah, and money is hard to stray from that path. And that's like for you know, kind of going back. That's what my thing was. Like I was trying to figure out a way to do with the extra time and a way to occupy my mind while I was trying to figure things out. And art became a way for me to just really like escape. And I, and I realized as I was doing stuff, I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. You know, it's just like a, a random class at a community college, just a painting class that I had never painted before. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was just like, you're, have you taken classes before? I was like, no, nah, I just, you know, I just do. This is what I just did. And they're like, oh, yeah. So you might need to look at some of these people and like take some more classes and, you mm-hmm. know, consider 
doing something with art. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then I went to grad school and you know, I'm getting my master's in biochemistry and stuff. And it was just like, when I would come back from class, I would paint two o'clock in the morning and paint till four or five a.m. and then have class at eight. You know, because you'd be so happy do doing stuff. it, wouldn't you? Exactly, and I would lose track of time. I would look up, and literally the birds are chirping. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, and like, I damn, I missed out on another night of sleep. Uh, right, exactly. You had to go right back to where you, like, I understand. Right back to class. I mean, yeah. slumps. But you were having fun. Right, exactly. And at the time, you know, I was painting this as a way for me to de-stress and to help my, my mind relax from all the stress of school, like applying to medical school, getting internship stuff and application, you know, like all that. And I think that was like, um, I didn't even realize how much I had painted. And so one of my friends that come by, I was like, your whole apartment looks like an artist studio. Like it looks like you just like, this is what you do all the time every day. This is your job. That's impressive. And, Right, and it was, you know, I, you know, like, you're so deep into something, you're so close in that you don't see the big picture, and I really didn't realize what they said, and I was like, oh, wow, like, there's, there's stuff everywhere, and one of my other friends was like, you know, you should apply to, you know, show your work, and I was like, nah, like, it's, it's just something I do for me, it's not really... You didn't no want to give it away yet. Like, yeah, like, I was like, I'm just doing it for me, it wasn't something I had planned to sell or anything like that, and that was mm-hmm. five years ago, you know, I did my first show, met all these other people that, you know, other artists people, and, you know, Creatives are a different breed. <laughs> definitely, different. definitely. So, so um, it was really cool to be in that space and in that atmosphere, and I, I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. I was like, I gotta keep doing this thing. And then, you know, fast forward now, it's like, it's all I do every day, and I, it doesn't feel like work. I work, I literally wake up in the morning every day and do something I love all day long, and I'll, I, I think, on average, I probably work 12 to 14 hours a day creating stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely more than a nine to five. But yeah, but you're, it's not work, you know, it's, right. it's what you love. So, exactly. So, if you're not looking at the time, you know, you're not looking like, oh, clock in, got clock in at 8 a.m., got to clock out at 5, <laughs> you know, got to get dinner. Like, you just, you just exactly. going with the flow, you know? So, okay. That's what's beautiful about it. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Like, like embracing your craft, embracing what, like, you love to do and doing that no matter what, like, that is standing for your life. Like, this is how I want to live my life, you know? And that's powerful. It's very powerful. Um, Okay, so let's backtrack again. Um, (laughs) So... If my Brit- if my British accent pops out, just don't take any don't take offense, okay? Um, okay. But what I was gonna say is, if you okay, first off, where were where did you grow up, and how were you raised? Uh, so I was born in Maryland. Uh, spent part of my time in the East Coast, so like Pittsburgh. Area, Maryland. Down here. Yeah, Maryland. I was born in Silver Spring. What? <laughs> I was born in Maryland too. That's crazy. I, I was born yeah, over yeah. in um Prince George's Hospital. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I didn't live out there. I didn't live out there. Oh, I was, I, <laughs> we moved, we moved to Columbia, but you can keep going. My bad. Um, moved moved to Texas, like Dallas, and I would say, I mean, I'm basically. Raised Dallas, raised like I, I call Dallas home. Okay. Spent most of my time here. And, mm-hmm. Um, growing up, wise, I feel like I had the very traditional like '90s TV show life, <laughs> where you know you had soccer games and camping, and mm-hmm. you know you did a whole bunch of family stuff all the time, going to museums, all the stuff that like kids don't do now. I feel like you know we were outside all the time, always doing something. I was barely ever at home. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were at home, it was like Friday night movie night. We're going to Blockbuster, which doesn't even exist now. I know, the right? Blockbuster to get movies, right? It's, like, it's so weird. That was the movie. Like, oh, we just went to Blockbuster or Redbox. Get a game after a while. Was, after a while, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was very just very chill, very cool. Like, you know, my parents always were having me doing something. They kept me busy. 
you know, my mom believed in, you know, you know, you know the idle hands that, that was workshop, so she always kept me busy with okay. so much stuff. Was it a but, religious um, household? Yeah, like, I mean, church, every every Sunday, I did a wana, like, on Wednesday, Sunday school, Bible camps, you know, we did all that stuff, and, you know, my, my, fam- my parents are very, very spiritual, I mean, I'd say more religious than spiritual, maybe okay. not now, more spiritual than religious now, but they used to be super religious, I mean, the same things change over time, I think that has to do with the fact of who, like, the church you go to, and then the congregation that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the pastor that you mess with is still right. there. Yeah. Yeah, so all, all those things changed over time as we moved and, like, went to different places. You know, for me, I I became more spiritual over time because, uh, you know, growing up in a religious household where it's like, you know, you're hearing verses and scriptures and this all the time, and that's, like, a big part of your life, I feel like as, in, as you get to, like, adolescence, you start to question you know, is God really real? You know, is this a real thing? Is, you know, what is faith and what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Especially organized religion. And I know I questioned organized religion because there's a lot of similarities to me that I, as I did research about different religions and where they're based and this, the practices and the beliefs and then the people I came across, they claim themselves to be one thing, but then they act one way. Just how... On Sunday and then different the rest of the week. Look, not even different the rest of the week. You get to the parking lot and it's different. Oh, wow. No, yeah, for real. It's like, turn it on, turn it off. Turn it on, turn it off. Right. Yeah, I understand. You, you see that. I mean, the stuff that they preach, and it's just like, you're almost being a hypocrite because the things that you're saying that we should and shouldn't do, you were just you were just doing or did before. And I, you know, that's, that's one thing that I had to, I went through a period of time, and that's when I really started creating, like, painting a lot was, um, I questioned my faith a lot. It was probably when I was like in those early 20s because I felt like... "Hmm." I'm sorry. You felt like what? Well, I just felt like, for lack of I mean, to be honest, I felt like I, like God wasn't on my side. Like it didn't matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked, no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I went to church, did all that stuff. It was just like nothing was working out. And that could not, and looking back on it, that could have just been his way of being like, no, this isn't what you should be doing. You need to be focusing on this other thing. Like, this yeah, for you. yeah, like the you thing know? that wasn't for you wasn't going to work out because it wasn't for you. So you had right. to switch to the mm-hmm. thing that was for you, so it could work exactly. out. Exactly, exactly. But when, you know, when you're in, when you're in it, you don't feel like that. You're just like, how come every just single like, time? Like, like why, God? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> What I was going to say, so is it that you were questioning God or you were questioning Christianity? Both. Both? I I question both, yeah. I mean, I I, I do. I mean, at the end of the day, I do believe in God because there's only one. Mm -hmm. And Christianity, I I had started to question before, you know, and that's how I got my before I started. Like, my uncle was Muslim. Um, so like, you know, I would talk to him about a lot of things and then his level of enlightenment and understanding about the world and himself was a lot deeper than I feel like, um, the people that I had known in Christian, like that practice Christianity, like mm-hmm. their, their one, understanding was the same. It was one way of thinking and you were introducing right. some different ways of thinking. So it expanded right. your mind a little bit. Exactly, and that was like the first taste of it. And then as I started to look into other religions and meeting other people from different backgrounds, like through college and stuff, that had you know like similar ideals, but you know they still believe in like you know this one guy and all the other stuff. I was like, there's really no wrong way to do this. Like there isn't necessarily like a set like you have to be this or you have to be that. It's like you believe what you believe, and as long as I feel like that's as long as you feel whole at the end of the day and you feel like you know that's what you resonate with whatever that is whether that's being spiritual whether that's being Muslim whether that's being Buddhist you know Catholic Christian you know whatever then that's all that matters and you shouldn't force your ideals on, on, on other people and be like this is the only way to do it and you're gonna go to hell you know absolutely so, I agree with you completely I think uh, you can believe what you want to believe and that's your choice. That's your life. You know, like the consequences are yours. You know, like it's not, and it could be good or bad. I'm not 
trying to say like oh there's one right way or one wrong way but i i agree with you completely i think it's up to that person to decide which which feels best to them you know because right. some people resonate more with one religion over another and there's nothing wrong with that or even just resonate more with spirituality over religion and there's nothing wrong right. with that either so i i think that i like that you're sharing your idea your journey with spirituality too because you know it's it's a topic that a lot of people are scared to talk about so um okay so going back to where did you go to college and what did you major in uh, so i went to undergrad i went to case western uh, in cleveland uh, i did my major was biology and psychology with a well biology and sociology with a psych and chem minor so you were confused then, <laughs> it was a mess <laughs> i really loved how people think like i really like how you know human nature i've always been interested in that. like one of the one of my favorite books is um aristotle's i think nicomichean articles and he basically breaks down the 12 things that he believes that human nature needs to progress and that we need as people to do what we do every day. Um, and I've always thought like, you know, like even like Freud and all that stuff, like the psychology of thought and, you know, and all that stuff, I always thought that was really cool of how different people think based on their background. Some things are, you know, nature versus nurture, all that stuff. And then the sociology aspect of just like how we interact with one another, you know, how people perceive you, how others perceive things and how, how the perception of the world changes based on your circumstance, how we can look at the same we can watch the same clip and then we both can have two completely different stories from the same exact video, mm-hmm. which is in no person's right, more right than the other, because your perspective is your truth and no one can deny that. Yeah. Your perspective is all your own. It's very unique to you, even in certain similar circumstances. Yeah. So, and, you know, that's, I thought that was really cool. And of course, the science part, because at the time, when I was, when I did start undergrad, I really wanted to do, be a child psychiatrist. I thought that'd be awesome. So I was like, it's a lot. I like kids and I thought that would be a really cool thing to just kind of be like a, help them navigate life in a better way, mm-hmm. you know? And You're kind of like then, my twin, man. Yeah, really? Yeah. I majored in psychology. I love sociology, but I also majored in Ooh. film. So I like focused on the film aspect like I double majored, you know, because I was just like, gotta be practical, but you also gotta be, you know, follow you. That was something my dad always encouraged me to do. But um, that's really cool. That's really cool. I agree with you completely. I think psychology and sociology are very interesting topics, and um, they really teach you how people are, like not how we think people are, but how they really are, like how things really work, because. Just like you just said, I was thinking about um, a video we watched in sociology. It was just like somebody ran into the room and stole something. And it was a classroom of people. And like they were all after the person left, everybody asked them, like, okay, so describe the man. And every single person had a different description. Like somebody was like, oh, he was wearing a blue shirt. Somebody was like, oh, no, he was wearing a red shirt. Like it's crazy how. You're right, perception, but also that's the color thing, like some people are low key colorblind and they don't even realize it. Like we don't even know it. Like I had a friend, it was crazy because he was looking at something, um, it was at work. I was like, Oh, I highlighted something in yellow. He was like, Oh, um, is it the stuff that's highlighted in green? And I was like, No, it's yellow. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was like, Oh yeah. I'm a little colorblind. I'm like, oh, that's crazy because <laughs> that was, I'm just saying that's crazy that like we all have different perceptions and like li- different nuances to each person and how we see things. So I think that's all very interesting stuff to study. Um, would you would you do outside of class other than so you got your art?
Yeah. No, I didn't um, really grad at all. I just YouTube University was a great school, so I attended, you know, yeah. diverse group of teachers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Promote, so, promote YouTube University, y'all. Watch people start exactly. looking up YouTube yeah, University. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if YouTube sends me a check. I know, right? So, are you on YouTube? No, that's actually something I'm going to do this year. Uh, I want to. I talked to my community people, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to. We want to have you know, tutorial videos and stuff." So I figured, you know, I, after teaching for all these years, I finally have wrapped my brain around. Okay, what do I want to, you know, talk and do lessons over and let people know about whether like, some stuff will be, you know, business related because I know that's a lot of questions that I get. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I know there's a billion art tutorial videos out there how to do stuff. But there's you know, no. it's kinda like well, Right. Which and that's how I had to think about it. Like, okay, well there's people are gonna come check these videos because I'm doing it. And I try to make things very simple because I try to think about how um, basically I did stuff when I was teaching in my high school. But I'm like if I can teach a third twelve, thirteen year old, you know, or fourteen how to do something that's super complex, like breaking down Cellular respiration and all its parts and the amino acids and the, you know, all the things that you need. Mm-hmm. I think I can break down how to draw people and do coloring stuff and painting stuff. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know you can. Okay. Don't say I think I can. You can do that. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, to stop you yeah. from yeah. it. If you can do it for yourself, you can teach somebody else how to do it. But uh, okay, so True. I got two. I got two entrepreneurial ideas for you. Okay, um, you can take them if you want. You, it's your decision. Recommend you do is create a TikTok compilation for yourself, okay? And that could be a YouTube video because the thing is that those carry a lot of weight a lot of weight. Because, say, five years from now, somebody's looking up William Tolliver, they'll see William Tolliver TikTok top compilation that's going to lead them to your YouTube channel, lead them to more videos, and like want to check out more. And they're already found you on TikTok, so that means your content on TikTok is good. So that means reuse that content, make it into a YouTube video. Don't, don't, don't miss out on the opportunity to capitalize, not capitalize, but to leverage something you've already done. Okay, so I would. I, I would recommend you definitely do a TikTok compilation. Multiple, if you want. You could do, like, categories, like, oh, these are ones about black woman art or, you know, whatever it is, whatever. So um, that's one idea I have for you. Another idea I have for you is something called Airbnb Experiences. You ever heard of it? Thank you, So Airbnb Experiences is where you can do it either a virtual experience or you can do it on um, in person. So... Um, an idea I would have for you is to do like a paint with me, like a, a vibe of paint with me, you know, like, because, you know, that's a side that people may or may not see as often. Like we see your product, but like, I, do you really show yourself painting and stuff like that? Or I didn't look to uh, me. I, some, I mean, like I'll do process videos, but it's only like, you know, two, one or two seconds per part. Mm-hmm. But, but like I have a whole session, like I've done like one or two lives where I actually just like put the live on and I'll just paint and I actually forget that I'm on live. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah. But, so yeah. that's that's what I'm saying is that with the Airbnb experience, everybody who would be in your class, they would have to pay to be there. So one one yeah. thing is you would be getting paid per person. So say you charge um, $10, $15 per person or $30 a person, whatever you decide. Mm-hmm. That's how much you would get paid per person. Um, it's something you can do from anywhere. So you could be in you can be in China filming an Airbnb experience, you know, on Zoom. And people will people will sign up and it's like Airbnb automatically drives traffic to their site. So on they're already selling experiences. So if you find an experience that's specific to you, you know, and you get those good reviews, you wanna get that consistently and you can do it from anywhere in the world. So that's that's something I encourage you. Yeah, Airbnb experiences. Yeah, if, yeah. Anybody listening? That's just one of the tips that's in my e-course, y'all. So just check it out. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying that, like, definitely 
find ways to get your skill out to more people, impact more people, and you will continue to grow your influence and you will continue to grow your wealth because the more people who rock with you, the more people who want to support you. And you already know this. You already know this. Yeah, it's been very eye-opening. But, um, oh, I just remembered your profession before. What did I do outside of school? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you wrote those things down, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. That's good, that's good. <laughs> um, so, wait, so when I went to school, I actually ran track for a while, like the first year. And then I did in the real sports, like basketball, we did football stuff. Uh, I took up a dance, kind of went to do like dance classes for a little bit. What like, kind of dance? Like contemporary jazz stuff. Okay. It was contemporary. It was like contemporary modern, and I, and I was like, I don't, you know, because you, you see, like I've I've seen like Dallas Black Band Theater and stuff down here, and like Alvin Ailey and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, like I never understood, I don't, I never understood the movements of why certain movements were chosen and why certain movements represented different certain styles of dance. So yeah. that that was cool to to see that and get a better like an intro into essentially. I wasn't any good, but you know, it was I still was probably a fun sure. experience, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something different. Yeah, definitely. And then I used to be a really big gamer for a long time, but then that that kind of changed. That changed up probably in the past couple of years, actually. Like I, I was a gamer for a long time. I would say, you know, I'd be sitting outside of GameStop at midnight. Oh lord! Yeah, you serious about it? Not playing no games. Exactly. Like I was always playing tournaments. I'd be some of my friends would play tournaments. You know, uh, try to win stuff like that. Oh, and wow. Just, That's cool, I, though. Yeah, like, I, I still like it's crazy, but I still have, like, high school systems. But, like, the only thing that really touches them is just these days, they just be sitting there. And it's like, my free time, I'm like, I'd rather create something than play the game. And sometimes, like, I'll play a little bit. Like, me and my friend will play. When my mom does it, I'll do it for a little bit. Just let me stress. I'll catch you later. I understand. Because it pulls you. The the creating pulls you. You know, that's where you like spending your time and that's it's gonna always pull you. So that's good. That's very good. I think I agree with the whole like because for me I kinda distance myself from watching T V so much. Or if I do watch T V it's like watching specific types of shows. Like stuff that like pulls me like I love Game of Thrones. Um I love the visuals, I love like the sets, I love the graphics, I love Daenerys, like I love her, like I really love Daenerys, but I'm just saying that I love the whole show, I love the production aspect of it, so it it pulls me in there, but I can't sit and watch just any old show anymore, I just can't do it. No, same, same, I think, honestly... When I'm watching TV, Thank you, Lord. it's right usually, for me. most of the time, like, 99 percent of the time, it's like, anime. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Other than that, I'm watching, like, This Is Us, or some random thing that's on the top 10 for Netflix, because, you know, yeah. like, trying to think of it. It's not always the best, though. Yeah, it's not. Like, you'll watch something and be like, okay, that was, I don't understand why this is like that. But then other things you'll see that are just random. I'm a, I'm a big movie person. I would put on movies all day long. Mm-hmm. You know. What's your favorite like, movie? That's like asking me, do I want air to breathe? Like that's, uh, top five. Top five. What's the first five okay. that comes to your mind? First five, Gladiators. Okay. I like historical stuff. Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Uh, Training Day. With uh, Denzel. Uh, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. iconic. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely Titanic. I, I really love Titanic. Oh, so I, you're yeah, romantic? A, yeah, uh, yeah, hopelessly. It's okay. So, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hey. Hey. Sorry for taking so long. My bad. 
I was grabbing some water from the place, but uh, you still good? Yeah. Are, are you limited on time? Actually, right now I'm just working on a digital design, so multitasking at the moment. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, um, what was the last thing that we talked about? Last thing that we said. We were talking about Shrek. Oh yeah, we were talking about movies. Okay, so um, I want to switch to let's talk a little bit about your spiritual journey. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, and I guess more aspect. So I understand. Um, I guess when did you start becoming more spiritual and like what kind of things, what kind of messages have you been receiving from God? Um, I think more spiritual. I would say, uh, hmm. well, I guess it's that transition started to happen when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I really was looking into, I started reading a lot about metaphysics and like stuff like that. I really thought that was interesting. And then, uh, what is metaphysics? What is metaphysics for anybody who doesn't know? So basically, like the idea that you have, like, uh, how do you think a simple way to break it down? I guess to me, the way I interpreted it is that there's like. It's like with the breakdown, like how we, like everything is encompassed within itself, right? Mm-hmm. So nature and the world are really exists in space that correlates to us living and existing. So we kind of feed off of each other in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's a distinct relationship between like consciousness and like how your mind works and how matter is made. So almost like the idea of like manifestation stuff. So like, you know, put your mind, like if you think that you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day because you're putting that energy out into that world and the energy just like transfers into certain circumstances and events that then affect you. Mm-hmm. It makes your day bad. Yeah, it can make your day bad, which, you know, it kind of goes back to like that idea that if you're looking for something, you're going to find it mm-hmm. because you're putting your energy into looking for that thing. It's yeah. Nice person, you know, so it's a you know, of attraction kind of idea. And this is how I broke it down. And then, like, I kind of dove deeper into it with uh, this idea of collective conscious, which is, like, you have, it's like this theory that um, essentially, like, time, I mean, obviously time is a made of conscious, like, time is a thing. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you see the progression of time with the construct that we Born time into into like 24 hour days, 60 seconds a minute, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. It's a man thing that, you know, though technically there's the rest of the world follow that same timeline. Or because you think of like dogs and stuff, right? Or like, you know, you think of like dog years. Mm-hmm. Technically, it's like, okay, well, their cells metabolize and have a shorter lifespan, and it's equivalent to our cells working seven times faster than what they do. So then that's why we say, like, oh, you know, they have seven, every year for us is seven years for them. But in reality, time is just shorter for them in a way. But so what if what if their time construct was, if they could, like, you know, verbalize stuff to us? What if their time construct was different, you know, pertaining to them? So it's kind of like that idea. Like, you have a thing where if you, our consciousness is, like, awakened at certain points in this, like, collective conscious, right? So no one really technically, quote unquote, dies in the end of theory. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, that's why it explains things like kids that know about things that happened in like the 1900s or something that they literally have no way to know this. Mm-hmm. Like certain details have been documented throughout time, or even, and it also can explain why you have inventors and like quote unquote prodigies that, like, how do you even know how to make the internet the internet? Like, there's no basis for this. Yeah. No, Where did this come you know, from? Thoughts. Where did this come from? Right. And that's, that could be a thing that they theorize that, okay, well, this is like a transfer of consciousness and certain parts remain. So that's why you and they knew how to do X, Y, and Z. 
And then, of course, you know, the, the spiritual side of the people would be like, well, that was divine intervention of, like, you know, God was speaking to you and letting you know these things. You know, so there's, quote-unquote, rationale for everything. But um, I would say that it got stronger once I really took some time to really just kind of like reassess and quiet my mind after I got out of school and that some things were were up to me. Where it's like, you can pray about stuff and you can ask God for help and guidance and I become more intentional with how I pray. My mom was always like, you need to be specific because I noticed when I would ask for things in a general sense or whatever thing, it's something like, I was like, oh, this happened, but I should have been more specific. You know, like, yeah. so I've, been, <laughs> I've learned to try to fine tune that. And that has helped me, like, even with this journey now. Like, I prayed a lot about it because I know before I actually made that final decision to quit, I had been asking God, I was like, I need can you show me a sign that lets me know, like, this is time? And, of course, you know, God works in a way that he's not going to be like, this is your moment, do it right now. Like, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. But he'll, he'll present an opportunity or a situation to where you can choose to either walk through the door or not. Mm-hmm. And I had that walk through the door moment, and it was then at that time that I had to make up my mind, am I going to take this leap or continue to be like, oh, you know, I don't you know, I don't know if this is the sign or not. It's like you feel it. Like I feel like we all have a feeling, you know, when something is being told to us in a way that isn't just us, you know, it's a more spiritual sense. Uh-huh. And, you know, we can make that decision whether or not to listen to that voice or ignore it, you know. Yeah. So what was the what was the situation or the opportunity that presented you to decide to quit your job? Uh, so, and what were you, what were you doing at the time? So at the time, so this was actually, uh, I guess it started back in 2019 and that, that feeling of restlessness and not being satisfied with teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, like I would be stressed out, you know, and I could physically tell the stress was getting to me. Like I was like biting my cheek with stuff more. Like I was like, my hair started to like get thinner and stuff too. And like, I just wasn't taking care of myself as much. Mm-hmm. Because I was so stressed busy. out with work stuff and mm-hmm. busy, right? And, you know, like, art-wise, it was like I was doing stuff and trying to do more shows, be more active. And I, at the time, I had become more purposeful with what I was creating. So then the pandemic hit, and I, when I tell you, it felt like so much of, like, a breath of fresh air. Like, I, every beat, part of my being needed that. Mm-hmm. Because I had gotten to, like, a, uh, like, it was almost like at a breaking point. And it was like... I had asked, I was like, you know, I just need, I need a moment, I need a moment. I was looking forward to spring break, or I need a moment to just have some time to get together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, how could be more than a moment? <laughs> and, you know, do it what you will. And over time, things started happening. Social media started to grow and everything like that. And when I came back to school, the, for 20, the 2020 school year, it was like all of a sudden, all these things started to happen where because i had done a lot of stuff in the summer and i could start to see like oh, okay you know people are liking my work and what i'm doing and the message like the i was the community was starting to get built and people were starting to see my work and support what i'm doing uh-huh. and so that was exciting and then you know i got on the news for some stuff and so i got back to school teachers like oh my god we saw you on the news and oh, this is so awesome like you're one of our teachers and they were really really hyped right there oh yeah one of our teachers. Yeah, like, like one of our teachers. Yeah, I got right. you. And they were excited, right? And But then that came at a cost, I felt like. And then it was almost like now there's like a target on me. So now there's more eyes on me. And so then all these issues started to happen during the school year with, you know, uh, I had made like a couple of TikTok videos with some of my kids. Like one of them was like one of my kids because I had, since I had a lot of kids from biology, they were like, you know, they were older they were taking science, like physics and chemistry, and I would still help them with some of their homework and lessons as long as I still knew it, even though I wasn't teaching them, because I was teaching art. Mm-hmm. So I would have kids that I had taught previously, and they would come in just and say, hey, what's up? And, you know, we would talk about work and anything they needed help with, and, you know, because they were like, well, we trust you more, and we, we know you understand how to teach us, so, like, can you help me with this? And I was like, okay, cool. And I would have little study sessions during lunch and things like that after school. But they had an issue like, with that. Yeah, they did. And one of the videos I had made, one of the kids, and he was a kid that he he wasn't good at like biology, 
and science wasn't his thing, but we made it work. But then like this year with this last year with physics, he was super excited about physics and they were learning about like force and motion. And I remember he we made a video, but he's like, if we put it on your TikTok, because he showed us how to break an apple with your finger. Mm. Like a whole apple. And I was like, how the heck did you do that? Because he yeah. literally just like hit it and it split in half. I was like, you cut it. Why are you relying? Like, there's no way. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, for real. Like, and he was talking about the pressure points and all that. And he learned. And he showed us, like, yo, you got it. He's like, can you make a video and then put it on your page? And he was telling me, I was like, sure, why not? Like, I, you know, if I can use my platform to help you get recognition for doing something you love to do, mm-hmm. like, the fact that you're you're teaching people stuff. Like, if he, he literally was talking about, so you put this amount of force and pressure here because of this, 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 and this, and he was giving a science lesson in something that was really cool, and I was like, this is a kid that last year would never have done that. Mm-hmm. So you were so trying to encourage him. him. Right, exactly. I was trying to encourage him, hype him up about it, because that's exciting to mm-hmm. see. And I remember, like, that happened, and another kid did a spoken word piece, really shy kid, never wanted to talk in class. Now he's now he's doing spoken word pieces and entering poetry stuff because we would go over his his poetry and his like his spoken word stuff and getting his thoughts out on paper when I had him in my class the year before. Mm-hmm. So then I put that on my social. So like two instances like that, and then you know HR came in talking about you have to sit for them if you want the page. And we suggest that you remove your page and you know, have it go private. Blah blah blah. What? Yeah, so that was, like, one of the beginning things. Then, I don't know if you heard about this recently, one of, like, the kid that um, he had went to a party, not a party, but he went to a friend's house, and they forced him to drink urine from a cup. I'm not hear about that. No, I have not. So that was one. So the kid in question was one of my students. It was her little brother. And she was telling me about how he was in middle school at the time. And he had went to, you know, guys he was that he was friends with went to their house. They woke him up and recorded him, like, recorded him. And they forced him to drink urine from it and sent the video to everybody at the school. Wow. And he, he tried to commit suicide. Oh, my So he was like, you know, he had uh, issues with his being at school and being bullied really bad by not only the students, but teachers. It was like a whole thing. It was like all the stuff and stuff. But, um, you know, we were talking about that. I made a video on my TikTok, just a PSA, like, hey, this is a situation that's happening. You know, I didn't really drop any names like that. I, yeah, I showed you the just, clip. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just made a public service announcement. I literally even said, just like, hey, you know, bullying is a really big problem, whether that's person or virtually, you know, and you need to check on your kids, especially younger kids, because a lot of times they won't speak up and say something if something's wrong. Like, they'll just kind of go about their day and I've had friends that have lost, you know, cousins and brothers and sisters due to, you know, bullying where they took their own life. They, yeah. they went to the real paint went to the grocery store, came back, their kids hanging from the banister. But wow. Stuff like that. So I'm like, that's a big deal because you don't want to wait till it's too late. You don't. Yeah. You, anymore. you had so, good intention I mean, with it. It wasn't exactly. mal- malicious intent or anything like that. Exactly. No malicious intent, nothing crazy. One of the parents of one of the boys that um, was like involved in the incident, I had her son in my class, and I didn't, I didn't even know this at the time. She filed, so basically they reported the video, and then I had to go to HR and deal with all this HR stuff about the video, how she felt like it was inappropriate that I was taking side, and I was, you know, it, she what? questioned my ability as a teacher and my judgment, and she feared for her son's safety in class, you know, like. Lies. All this stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, I didn't even know your son, like, your son was even involved. Like, uh-huh. in it, like that it was your family. Until you said this. No one would have known if you didn't say anything. And, like, my video had nothing to do. Like, I wasn't bashing anybody. I was just, like, bringing awareness. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. And that was another issue. So then from then on, like, the rest of the school year, I mean, I would have walked through this. Every week. People and coming through and checking on you. Seeing what you were doing while watching you. Okay, so it's a hostile work environment. Right, exactly. And it's like little microaggressive things like, oh, you know, we had star testing one week or so, like our state testing. And, you know, it was the last day of the week. The kids were working on the big project. Because, you know, in art class, you don't do necessarily have an assignment every single day. You have a project that you work on over time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times I tell the kids, hey, you listen to music, you know, that that. if you're done with this part of the section of the project, work on something for another class. You need to catch up on stuff. Catch up on another class work. Hold on you one know, second. Hey, 
I have one question. Are you teaching? So you were teaching art in in high mm-hmm. school. Okay, so you were teaching high yeah, art in in your last year, but before then you were teaching right. biology. Biology. Yeah. Okay, so how did you make that? Okay, well we'll we'll come back to that. Keep going with your story. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, the change. I, I, I remember how I made that change. Um, so. You know, then, like, you know, principals came in and made a whole public email about, like, because one of my kids was working on another subject in class. One was listening to music, like, watching a show. It's your class, bro. And and that's thing, they're still being productive. I'm like, you're not, honestly, I can't even sit there and be mad and be like, you can't watch. Because I will literally turn on a show. Like, we'll turn on, like, a show or something or put on music and and create. I don't sit here and create in silence. Like, that's that's weird. That is weird. That was like the whole thing, and then the final straw was a uh, very last day of the summer. Very, very last day. Like I packing stuff up for the summer. You know, at this time I was still like on the fence about if I was coming back. But you know, like I was still leaning more towards it. Like you know, give myself another year because that should give me more time to get things set up. You know, have more money set aside just in case. And I get a call from like this one of the district numbers at like eight fifty something in the morning. Our day starts at nine. Which is really weird. I'm thinking it's like, you know, the traditional end of the year call. Make sure your room is locked up, put your stuff away for the summer, blah, 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 blah. You know, like mm-hmm. normal teacher stuff. I answer the call and it's like, hey, this is so and so from the head of the HR department the district. Uh, we had a report of somebody filed a complaint against you. And this is our, the third time that we've gotten a complaint about you. And da, 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 da. Basically, it was about uh, they questioned me using my social media as leverage in my role as a teacher to help me make sales during contract hours. Right. And that was a violation of my contract and in the best interest of the students in the district. And, you know, they were under review for stuff. So I had, I spent like the whole day that day, that Friday, and then most of the weekend dealing with HR stuff. And when I got off of that call, when he called me, like the middle of him talking, a voice lady came out and he's like, you're done. This is it. This is your, this is what I've been asking for. Yeah. This is the, la- the last straw. Mm-hmm. That was, that was literally it. There was so many things and they like someone in the district file that complained and all this other stuff. And, you know, they were just going through my social media asking me about all this other stuff. And I'm just like, you know, their main complaint obviously was like, oh, you're making money doing contract. I was like, yeah, I do stuff during my lunch break, which is my time. And then I do stuff after school, which is not during contract hours. There's so many days I stay after school, whether that was for basketball practice, clubs that I ran, kids that didn't have anywhere to go because their parents were late. I would stay after school and I would be there. Like, y'all can chill in my room instead of being outside in the cold or, you know, just like sitting out here. Mm-hmm. You can sit here and then when your parents come, just let them call you or text you and then you can go do whatever, you know? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm there till 6, 7 o'clock, that's on me. Like, school ends at 4. That's like your choice. Team. It's your choice. That's my choice. It's your time, so, bruh. Exactly. My, and that was like that. So after that, I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm done. And I understand. That was like the big thing. But uh, I mean, the question you're going to ask, like, how do I make that transition from biology to art? Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I have some so, other follow up questions after that, too. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, so if anyone doesn't know for teaching, at least in Texas, you can, once you basically get your teacher certification, you can take the test to take any other subject without really having any background knowledge about it. Like if I wanted to be a history teacher, I could have take the history test and go teach the class. Hmm. So there's a thing, if you're thinking, if you're a teacher, you want to switch <laughs> to another yeah. course, another subject, teachers do it all the time. Um, I mean, ideally, they do want you to have some background. You know, it really depends on the district and your principal because it's your principal's decision. But uh, the guy that was the art teacher previously, he actually was joining the military, and me and him were really cool. And he was talking about leaving. I was like, oh, this is my opportunity to switch to art because, you know, I had taught biology for a while, and I knew that it was my time in the science department was done because I just, my patience and stuff just wasn't at the same level. And it was like two really challenging years back to back. And I was just like, I learned a lot about how to teach and how to teach in a more simplistic form, which I feel like now I look back that I needed that in order to like be able to really effectively communicate material to different age groups of people, you know? So um, definitely beneficial, but it, it wasn't as hard as, and it wasn't like a big 
a big deal. It was more so just part of it was politics and later just going to go take the test. Nothing really crazy. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, that's very cool that you were able to make that switch because that was something that you were probably more, like, inclined to do. Like, not as tedious and as, uh, it's the same all the time, you know? Right, exactly. But, um, so, I want to talk a little bit about, you had mentioned, like, how, you know, everybody was kind of coming after you at that place. They were all, like, it's clear there was a lot of uh, judgmentalness, judgmentalness, uh, closed-mindedness, and um, I guess for me, I want to I want to know more about like how did you deal with that emotionally? You know, having that stress of like everybody's out to get you, and like how am I going to keep doing this? Like, how did you how did you handle that? Um, honestly, it really fueled my fire to to put into my craft even more. You know, 